It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 20th of June, the day before the draft. The lies are flying, but we don't know which ones they are. We'll figure it all out, give you the latest news, look at the, what the Jazz are choosing from, break down Keita Bates Diop, as well as Ellie Okubo, and give you my five as of today. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow. All right, the rumors are everywhere. Hello, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and a look behind the curtains. All right, the, the rumors are everywhere. Um, and the draft, I think, is going to be uh, similar to one we've not seen before. And the reason for that is the amount of flux. And uh, really starting at about 15 on your mock drafts, um, it, it's just not clear who's, you know, guys could go 20 spots differently who are pretty good players. You know, Mo Wagner could go 21 to the Jazz and 40. Uh, I don't think he gets to 40, but maybe. I mean, that's truly kind of where we are with this draft, and there's so many different aspects to it um, and and views. There's a chance I think it could mute some of the activity because I asked you guys on Twitter for who you want the Jazz to pick. I got 20 different names, all of which were somewhat reasonable. Herter, Allen, Okobo, DiVincenzo, Hutchinson, Musa, Evans, Robinson, Holiday, Shea, uh, Kilgis, uh, Gilgis, Alexander, probably not available. Koji, Bates, Diop, Kyrie Thomas, Jalen Brunson, Lindsey Shamit, Mo Wagner, Bruce Brown, Melvin Frazier, Omer Spellman, Aaron Holiday. I think I said Holiday right. 20 names. Uh, it's 20 names. The mock draft is sitting right now with, I think, the feeling that the first, depending if Kevin Knox sneaks into it, eight picks are kind of one group. So that's Aton, Bagley, Porter, Dunkic, Jackson, Bamba, Carter Jr., Trey Young. Possibility Kevin Knox gets in there. Then the second group feels pretty set. So that's, and that's, you know, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed, but Knox, Bridges, Sexton, Bridges, Lonnie Walker, Zaire Smith, Robert Williams, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I think the more and more I hear Aaron Holiday's in that group. But I'm not certain. I'm not certain at all. So that gets us to 17. And then from there, if you're at the 17th pick, who knows? Like Troy Brown's being talked about there the whole time. I, I think he'll be on the board for the Jazz. 
He's hard to sh- he has a hard time shooting. I think people are going to have a hard time pulling a plug on that. Um, that this next tier, there's Air- Holiday probably has the one who can drop the least. But Okubo, Bates Diop, Kevin Herter probably is pre-21 from everything I'm hearing. But this gets to another point. Hutchinson, Jerome Robinson, Kyrie Thomas, Mitchell Robinson, Zana Musa, Grayson Allen, Jacob. I mean, this list, I think, stops. DiVincenzo, Frazier, we're into the 30s. Koji, Melton, I, I think Melton could go to the Jazz at 21. He's on 32 on mock drafts. I think Wagner could go 21 to the Jazz. He's 33 on mock drafts. Brunson could go to the Jazz. He's 34. Anthony Simmons could easily go in the 20s. He's actually in Portland for a second workout. Raleigh Alkins at 36 is actually another guy who I think somebody could jump on early. But I don't, I, I think that's probably really, if we're honest about it, that's probably the break right there. So that's crazy. 17 to 35. The separation is slim. And as I said on the Lockdown Podcast Network mock draft, it really gets you into the question of what ice cream flavor you like. And frankly, Omar Omari Spellman Villanova may be better than Mo Wagner. I mean, I like Wagner, so that's part of what you're hearing. But if you compare the two of them, catch and shoot last year, they both took a ton. Spellman was 1.26 points per shot, and Wagner was 1.17. Spellman was deadly when left unguarded, 1.5 points. Neither of them have an off-the-bounce game. Wagner was more involved in pick-and-roll and better than Spellman. Spellman was purely... Almost a catch-and-shoot guy. Off other people's actions. All right, here are some of the news stories draft-wise. Then we'll get to the pop story. Interesting note last year, 19 of the 21 first picks were green room invites. So that green room invite is a pretty good indication of where guys are going to go. Kevin Herter is not on that, but the word is he's turned it down. So he was on it. So that group, to what we were just talking about, is Aton, Bagley, Jackson, Bomba, Young, Carter Jr., Porter Jr., and that that's that opening top group. Colin Sexton, Kel Bridges, Jay Kilgus, Alexander, Miles Bridges, Kevin Knox, Robert Williams, Lonnie Walker, Zaire Smith. And then the first group of what we, you know, what we've been of this next group of the 17 to 35 group, Dante DiVincenzo, Jerome Robinson, Chandler Hutchinson, Aaron Holiday, and then reports are that Kevin Herter turned it down. So those five seem to be on the top end of this. Little So Holiday, Hutchinson out of Boise State, Jerome Robinson out of Boston College, Dante DiVincenzo out of Villanova. So DeAnthony Melton, no. 
Grayson Allen, no. Keita Bates-Diop, no. Troy Brown, no. That's why I think Brown's sliding. And I, I think that's that's a big indicator to me. Brown's kind of got put there. And then he's kind of staying there in all the mocks. And every now and then this happens where a guy just stays there. But I'm not sure that that's right. Uh, a lot of talk of movement. Talking to people in the league, not convinced all the calls have really started. Kind of here it starts today, which is seems crazy. One wild card I think that's out there is Kobe Altman in Cleveland as their GM. I don't know how flexible that roster really is, but he's been incredibly, incredibly aggressive as the GM, right? He went through that very first, um, very first, you know, process in that trade deadline and just undid the entire team. So I think that's, keep an eye on Cleveland. I think they could, you know, I think Altman has a willingness to to be very, very active and make moves rather than being paralyzed by LeBron. Draft order right now seems to be Aton 1, Bagley 2, Donkic 3. Now, is that because Atlanta really has zeroed in on him? Or because Atlanta realizes he has the most trade value of anyone? So they're telling everyone that they've zeroed in on him, that he's their pick. That that's who they want to go get. And now we'll see the trades. Hearing that Shea Gilgis Alexander does not get by 11. Which is the Charlotte Hornets. Colin Sexton's another one I'm really curious to see. He really can't shoot. A lot of talk that the Celtics were after the fourth pick. And I think when you're hearing words like that, that's where Atlanta suddenly comes out and says, actually, we're taking him at three. I think there's an element to that taking place here. Uh, Raptors are looking to get under the luxury tax. They'd love to move Norman Powell four-year 42, but I think DeLon Wright might be in play. I think that's an interesting name for Utah. Not just because he's a Ute. I just like him. He he fits a lot of my models. He goes to the free throw line a lot. Um. He's emerging. I think he could play the one or the two, so he could play with Donovan. I think that's interesting. Kevin Knox is working out of Philly again. Today he's the tenth who's got the tenth pick. Zana Musa is in Portland again, along with Anthony Simmons. Portland is sitting right behind the Jazz at twenty four, I think it is. It is. So those are the latest news and notes. Kawhi Leonard and Greg Popovich meet. What does it mean? And then player breakdowns. Continuing on Locked on Jazz today. Have you had the mudslide cookie yet? Because you know what? Mudslide cookies every day. That's all we need in life is mudslide cookies every day. Oh, not sure that's totally good for you. But it's over at the store. It's 6200 South and 20th East. Uh, I was in there the other day. They have done. They just do the coolest things. I just love what Jeff and Scott have done there and made it feel Homie. So you, you, you walk in, if you walk in on the left side, you walk in, the June pies are right there for you. June pies are out of Heber, local company, just hottest things out there. The pork tomatillo t- is amazing. The berry crumble, the apple crumble. And then if you go around that, you have the Utah's own section. And that's kind of what sums up the store is, you know, grocery stores can all feel very stale. This one doesn't. It feels like you're kind of homey and it has this local touch to you and you know they're trying things. And there's just this, this awesome section of Utah 
zone. From cotton candy to bitters to coffee to different various items that are that are Utah's own companies. And that's what they have there. And the, the tortilla chips are amazing. Get the store's tortilla chips. The story behind it is that there was a, a wedding and they had great chips. So they asked who made it, told the woman, if you make enough, we'll put them in the store. Like, that's who they are. Uh, brand new setup of cheese. Uh, Scott just got back from a uh, big food show, sprouted a bunch of new cheeses right behind that area. Then if you keep going back to the left, you end up in all their fresh, the food area where they, the barbecue chicken is fabulous. The sushis they bring in every day. They also have a hot food area. And then if you go back over and get to the right side, you can get to more of the sweets. And it's the store. It's at 6200 South, 20th East. Make sure you check it out. Get that family feeling, that Utah's own feeling of what's going on there. And right next to it is Cottonwood Ace, which has the largest Traeger setup of anyone in town. It's almost it's basically the best Traeger display room around uh, to check out your grills. And great deals on pellets right now as well. Over the store, 6200 South, 20th East. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because, let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so Greg Popovich went to San Diego to meet with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I I don't think there's a few things to it. One, you know, doing it two days before the draft is telling because I think it tries to figure out, tells you that San Antonio is looking at their options. San Antonio does not seem to just have their feet in the ground saying, under no circumstance are we moving. We're not moving him. Um. So I think I think that's eye-opening. The most interesting report is a Sam Amick report that this was pre-scheduled. Prior, this has been scheduled for a while. Which is not news to anyone, but it is... Um, uh, what What is interesting about that is that he will... Let me see how I can figure out how, how this how to say this. I, I think we've all known that this relationship was a problem and that there were serious issues. I, I think this actually confirms how serious the problem was and how aware the Spurs was were of it even before the t- trade demand. And I think that there's an element where, you know, to some extent, he just didn't play last year. And so... To me, something jumps out that if this if this meeting was actually pre-scheduled, to me that seems more significant than 
doing it after in a reactionary mo- approach to Kawhi's trade deadline. That that that's what I was trying to get at. Sorry, I, I we know they've had problems. We knew they were significant. I think this is if Pop had a pre-scheduled meeting to go meet with Kawhi two days before the trade before the draft night. To me, that's a concession on their part of how really, really serious this was. All right, so I watched Kata Bates. Uh, wait a sec. Uh, two, two other draft notes, news notes I didn't give you uh, the, on that other issue. I mean, we're hearing Jerome Robinson out of Boston College suddenly could be as high as the Clippers. Now there's news that Jerome Robinson won't be attending NBA Draft Media today with the rest of the Green Room, 20 Green Room invites, which may mean he's working out for, which usually means you're working out for someone. So, and maybe it's the Clippers. But heard late last night that Robinson could be going as early as the Clippers. Kevin Herter was being talked about around the Clippers because Indiana was trying to go get that pick. Um... Uh, Boston College's Robinson is actually in Washington, D.C., is what the word is. Um, Robert Williams had a second visit with the Clippers on Tuesday, according to Woj. So that's at 12 and 13. But that, that still fits kind of the model we built for you. Robinson jumping up means that there is there is just kind of the math is working that somebody out of, if you stop at Holiday at 17 and you start to buy the stories that Kevin Herter is going pre-21 and Jerome Robinson's going pre-21 and then there's some talk of whether someone's got an eye on a Koji, but that that cooled a little bit yesterday. Then some. Then somebody in that 16 gets to 18, but I don't see how anybody in that top 16 gets to 21. Nor do I know. Think am I necessarily convinced that that's a huge difference? All right, Kate Bate uh, Diop from the two. The game primary game I watched was Michigan State. I also watched him a little bit against Maryland. Uh, this is a really creative offensive player. Big Ten Player of the Year. He can score. He's got a little he's he's interesting. He's six eight and a half, two twenty-four, so he's pretty big. His wingspan's seven three, so he's long. He he can score. He's a creative offensive scorer. He can shoot. Um he can put it on the deck, seemingly very comfortable left handed. He has a second speed, which I think is particularly important. We've seen with Joe Ingles, you don't have to be incredibly athletic, you just have to have multiple speeds. He can put it on the deck. He's got a good outside shot. He's a willing screener. They played him at the four, and he ran a lot of one-four pick and roll. Uh, Those are the positives. The negative is threefold negative on him that that concerns, you know, that are the concerns. All these guys have concerns. We could just do a whole podcast on the concerns. He doesn't move great. He really moves very, very similar to Epe Udo. He, he just there's he does not run with a fluidity. Does not seem to have a lift around the basket. So he's not 
224, powerhouse, getting up above the tin. And one thing I look at a lot on players is whether they own their own space and whether they own the space around them. So when I talk about Grayson Allen, who I like because he gets every 50-50 ball, that's a little bit what I'm talking about. He owns his space. Now, it's a, his space is different, right? He's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, it's often out of the perimeter, but he owns his space. Jerome Robinson brought the ball up. Grayson Allen wasn't going to let him bring the ball up, got up in tight on him, stole it twice. That's owning really owning his space, too. Keita Bates, Diop, doesn't own his own space. Um, so he's a really interesting player. I don't know what position he is, either. Like, is he a 3-4? Is he a 4-3? And is there a similar comp to him? I think he's he averaged 20 points a game, 9 rebounds. I also think you got to be careful just on that, right? Uh, Jonathan Sharks and I unlocked an NBA we're talking about. Like, Cantor would have averaged 22 and 12 in college. And, and then, you know, averaging something in college and averaging in the pro are just totally different things. Um, but a very creative offensive player who can score. There, there's This is where things get really interesting. This is a little bit my Julius Randle rule of the NBA. So Julius Randle for the Lakers, and he had a really, really good year. He's always been an interesting player to me because he's 6'9", power forward. He can bring the ball up. He can pass. He can distribute. He can rebound and go. He can isolate. He can do all these things. And it's pretty special and unique to have a six foot nine guy who can do all these things. And and Jop's not Diop's not quite like that. Bates Diop. But my point on Randall is even though he can do all those things, and it's cool to see a guy his size and it's different and it's an out of position skill, and we get all excited about it, is he actually the one you want doing those things on your team? I would actually rather have my point guard doing a lot of those things. I'd rather have my small forward doing a bunch of those things. And so when I'm talking, my point on this is when I talk about Bates Diop, he can do all some of these offensive things. I think he'll still be able to do them, but without lift. But at that point, I'm not necessarily sure that that's the guy I want doing those things. That there might be better players to do it. It's interesting, on, on the NBA ringer, which I really appreciate Kevin O'Connor having his comps not all be stars all the time. The comps are Jonas Drebko, Brian Scalabrini, and Bobby Simmons. It's not great. I had a hard time trying to figure out who he is. I'm having a hard time trying to figure out who Grayson Allen is, too, though, quite frankly. Like, that's been my latest... One of trying to figure out who I think Grayson Allen is and who I think Dante DiVincenzo are. Kevin O'Connor's Grayson Allen is Eric Gordon. But I don't, Eric Gordon was a beast, man, when he first came out of Indiana. I, I, I don't buy that. He had Danny Ainge and OJ Mayo. DiVincenzo, he had Jody Meeks, Courtney Lee, Nick Stauskas. Courtney Lee's interesting. I think DiVincenzo has a better off-the-bounce game. DiVincenzo's off-the-bounce game makes him really, really interesting. The more I watch him, the more interesting he is. I almost moved him ahead of Grayson Allen last night after watching that. 
All right, my latest five comes up next on Locked On Jazz. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Today's show is brought to you by Devin Cash, Equity Real Estate. Devin's been with us from the very beginning. He's kind of become our realtor and realtor for an awful lot of locked on jazz people, and the experiences all ring the exact same story. Uh, Zach Campbell changed his pin across America uh, as he uh, moved from Hawaii out here. Devin took care of him. Ryan and Natalie Goldberg were busy, having a hard time getting their stuff going. million different houses were on. They had to go to multiple, multiple places. And finally, Devin was great. He and his wife, uh, Tim and Whitney McKay, told me that uh, – Whitney and Tim both worked and were somewhat different hours. So they had to go over houses at night, ones that were got on the market that morning and be under contract by the time they got there. The market was unreal. They ended up finding the ideal house, though, fenced in backyard, less than 10 minutes from work. Devin got in touch with the sellers to basically give us a contract by having a good relationship with the other realtor. He's fantastic to work with. That's the essence of Devin. He said it from the very beginning, I approach real estate with the heart of the teacher. He also wants to make sure it's you know that it's a better time and easier to get in than you actually think it is. Have him do a market analysis on your current house or have him explain to you what it takes down to get into a house. It's much easier than you might think. 801-759-1495. 801-759-1495. That's the number. 801-759-1495 to call Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. All right. I've been doing my my five every day. And so I have Herder as my top of my five for potential jazz picks. Um, and now I'm started to waver on just about every single one. I had Musa at two only as a flyer. Um, the more I watch him, I'm not certain. Uh, but maybe, I mean, he's six, nine, one ninety five and 19. He plays so aggressively, can sh- willing to shoot it, is good around the basket, going to get stronger, going to have to have a huge adjustment to being one of the guys rather than the guy. But might be, might be Marco Bellinelli 
He's a pretty good player. Might be better. So I have him at two just because I think he... I had Allen at three. But I my concern on Grayson Allen, quite honestly, that keeps bothering me, and, and I'm going to say this quite honestly, is... Is the reason we think he can shoot because he fits the part, right? Let's. I mean, like, right? You got it. Like, I mean, I can just say it because he's white. Like, oh, white guys are shooters, but like, he's not a shooter. He is. He was not a shooter last year. He didn't make shots. So I went back and decided. Well, there's only one way to know this, and I went back to look and see to see whether or not he made shots last year and the year before and the year before that. Because if you look at Grayson Allen, this year he comes out, and so does DiVincenzo, as one of the worst shooters in the, in the draft. And if am I just passing? Are you just giving him a pass because you think that? Well, his catch and shoot, his junior year, he goes 53 of 153 for 35%. And 1.03 points per shot. That's not bad. His guarded was very poor. He was a 29% shooter on guarded catch and shoots, 41% from three, or 0.85 points per shot. And he was good on unguarded at 1.36. Now, that's important. Because and and. This year, he was bad at that. that. That's the thing about him, is that he missed open looks last year. And the thing I thought I saw on film was that he adjusted his shot to get a quicker release because maybe he was having a hard time getting off unguarded shots. And made it. So if he was 1.03 on catch and shoot, this last year... Uh, Grayson Allen on catch and shoot overall was 1.16. The year prior on catch and shoots, he's 1.03. 1.03 coming into this year, the only players worse are Colin Sexton, Lonnie Walker, who there's some concern on, Troy Brown, Raleigh Atkins, Kevin Knox. Like 1.03 on catch and shoots, not good. And it's because his guarded catch-and-shoot was an 8.8. For last year's guarded catch-and-shoot was great. So he really changed that aspect of whether he could make the guarded catch-and-shoot or not. If we go to 15-16 and look at him, this is the year in which Duke played four out. Instead of having two bigs, they've had these just weird rosters every single year. Changing, which I do think has has hurt him a little bit. And we look at his 15-16 shooting. The catch-and-shoot number now is 1.3. Which would be one of the best this year. In fact, the only guys better are Trey Young, Landry Shamit, Aaron Holiday, Holiday, Jalen Brunson, Josh Okoji. That's it. Mikael Bridges, that's it. So that's pretty impressive. So two years ago, his sophomore year, 
He's in the 92nd percentile catch and shoot. He's burying everything. His junior year, he doesn't make any guarded catch and shoots. He makes open catch and shoots. He's pretty good off the dribble. And then his senior year, he does he makes guarded, doesn't make any unguarded. He's not great. And then off the dribble, he's not very good either. He took a lot of them, but he wasn't great. So I think that's the one thing on Grayson Allen has me has a little me a little wonky right now. And so I've now put DiVincenzo right with Allen. I think Allen has more versatility to his game, though. I still think he can play those two positions. I have Melvin Frazier, because I have a man crush on him, at four. Jerome Robinson certainly doesn't sound like he's going to be at five, but I've put him ahead of Mo Wagner at five. And then I would probably have Bates Diop at five over Mo Wagner. But maybe not. Maybe Mo Wagner is just clearly defined as a stretch five is a is more interesting. It's really complicated. And have I dismissed Omari Spellman more than I should have? Bates Giop, Diop played off the pick and roll some, or played off the bounce some, but not particularly well. So I'm not sure that's ever his game. I think I think I'm going to stay with Wagner over Diop because Wagner's just going to be a pure catch and shoot stretch five, clearly defined, and I know what that is. Aaron Holiday, I haven't put into this mix. I actually am not. Aaron Holiday's not. Landry Shamit is really interesting to me because he's the best shooter in the draft. He's just not a great athlete, but he is the best. He's the best shooter in this draft. That is locked on Jazz tomorrow's draft day. I'm going down to be with David James today. I'm not sure what tomorrow's show is going to be. I got a bunch of different choices. I'm going to look at it. If there's news, we'll do that. I might do a summation of conversations I had with DJ for you. A lot of different stuff. This is locked on Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.